Now I should be. Can you just keep me up? Because I lost my voice at the end of the, end of the holidays. I, could, I was in church um, trying to talk to people and they just gave up on me. <laughs> Good friends <laughs> virtually walked away. <laughs> Do you ever have that? Or is it just me? <laughs> anyway, I, 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 my voice is, is pretty weak at, at the moment. How many enjoyed praise and worship though? Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, look, I don't wish I was younger. That's an old person's game. Um, but I remember when I was younger, do you know when I was younger, the kind of music we had was a song leader got up and went like this? And there was a pianist, he was trying to keep the pianist in line, and if there was a pianist and an organist, it was very, because they, they often didn't play together, it was, it was a real mishmash. But man, I was part of that group that started to bring in drums and guitars and bass guitars. These were all of the devil. Actually got preached back when I was, first got saved. This was of the devil. Anyone remember that? Yeah. Oh, you're not that old, are you? <laughs> but I, look, I, I love, I just encourage you to move. Let's take new ground personally and, and as a church. I would love to see somehow us be able to have, I don't want flags, but I don't mind flags. I don't really want <laughs> dancing, but I don't mind dancing. I just, I don't know what the expressions are, but some of you do. And I, I just say, let's just take some new ground. I'm just jigging away down the front, doing my thing, but in my head, you want to see what I'm doing in, in there. <laughs> if I was 20 years of age, I just love seeing these young guys who just bounce across the stage because they're just so full of life and energy that it's all just bubbling up. God's got lots and lots and lots of energy. And we just got to be really careful that we don't just routine it all and set a pattern God's interested in the heart. And if he touches you in the heart, just keep responding to him. You did so well today, but there's more. There's more. You did so well today, but there's more. You know, you're allowed to be happy. God is really happy. He probably called a dozen angels over and said, St. Albans is just about to start. Look, look, look. He's excited. We're allowed to be excited as well. Let me read some scripture to you. I'm the true vine, and it's John chapter 15. If you've got your Bible, turn it up. Digital or, or real, turn it up. It's great to read it as, uh, from your own piece. I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Say more fruitful. Anyone had some fruit this morning? Good on you. It's great, isn't it? Fruit's lovely, but when our lives are producing extra things, good things, and then he says, more, more fruit. I'm really for it. And he says, you are already clean. That's what Sandra was bringing out and Trudy was bringing out this morning. I love that passage in the, in the New Testament where they're taking communion and Peter says, bathe the whole lot of me. And he goes, no, you're clean, Peter. You're forgiven, Peter. All this gunk has gone from your life. You just need your feet washed. Yeah, yeah. And so Jesus gets down and he washes just that last little bit from the, the dirt of the day. You're already clean. Um, because of the word I have spoken to you. Then he says this, verse 4, Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. 
Apart from me, you can do hardly anything, but you can do some. We live that way. No, he says, no, you can do nothing. Nothing of worth for the kingdom. Zilch. Zip. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that gets thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What I want to speak today about is the secret of a fruitful life. It's an absolutely open secret. But it's a secret to a lot of us. To others of us, it's not a secret, but we need to constantly get reminded about it periodically because we start living the other way, as if we can do everything. And Jesus said, no, 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 you've got disconnected. Now it's starting to just be busyness. Come back, come back. The secret of a fruitful life. Let me give you some of the words because the, the message is just, the whole thing's just in the words. Vine, say vine. It's, it's, a, it's a long, lot of branches all connected together from the roots all the way out to the, the, uh, the leaves and the, and the fruit. and It's all there, but it's connected. Sap flows through it. So we're not to be separated from Christ. We've got to have his sap flowing into us all the time. And then he says, in me, we are in Jesus. That's our position. But, and, and he is in us. But how much of us has he got? Where is it for you? How much of you is, have you given to Jesus today? How much control? How much have you surrendered yourself to him today? And he, then he says, remain. The King James says, abide. It's a great word. It has a lot more power to it than just remain in me. Yeah, I'm remaining in you. But abiding, no, that's a bit more. I've got to actually hang around. I've got to be connected. I've got to spend time. I've got to hang out with God. I've got to value being with him in the word and, and in spirit. And then he says fruitful. If we're going to live fruitful, that means you and I will go to bed each night knowing that we've done things that matter. We'll live fulfilled, meaningful lives. We'll do things that will affect people's lives and our own life for eternity. And then he says, more fruitful. Well, what's more fruitful than fruitful? More fruitful is when stuff begins to happen around our lives that we never planned, we could never have made happen, but God made it happen, and he just put two and two together. He brought people, he brought resources, he brought opportunity, he brought things together so that more than we could ever have thought would happen does happen. How on earth did these schools that are Christian in name today happen? How did all the resource for schools and ministries... I started a trust. I've started two trusts now. One at Glen Eden Baptist. I started it just 25 years ago. It now has an operating budget of $33 million a year. How did that happen? More fruitful. More fruitful takes place. How does stuff happen beyond us? It's because of what this open secret is all about. Can do nothing. 
nothing of eternal worth. We might be busy as, but it's our busy, it's our will, it's our desire, it's our dream, it's our plan of what God should bless. And then he says, ask whatever you will. And if we will hang out with God enough in his word and in worship and the things to do with the spirit, word and spirit together, something will happen within us. He's not talking about you can now have the Mercedes and the... And if you drive a Mercedes, I love you, all right? If you can afford a Mercedes and you like a Mercedes, that's cool. But it's not a materialistic shopping list. It's that if we spend time with God... Something will happen on the inside of us, in our thinking, in our heart, in our motives, and we'll just start praying God's will prayers. Because he's in us and we're in him, right? It's the secret of a fulfilled life. And I'm stating the obvious. But what I'm really saying is, don't profess to be a follower of Christ and live like an atheist. The Bible message is that Jesus saved us and he's got a purpose and a mission for every single one of us. He's got more thoughts about our lives and what he wants us to be about and to accomplish than the sand on the seashore. And God's got a will for our lives. And people get all uptight about finding God's will. What is God's will? But it's an open secret about how we find it. I've just read about it. So I want to ask you, How well do you actually know God's will and plan for your life? Turn and have a look at the person next to you. You know, the one you like. (laughs) All right, come back to me because that wasn't the whole thing. Now, could you, I didn't say please do this. I said, could you tell them God's will and plan for your life in the big picture? And could you tell them the last thing you did towards that fulfillment of that plan that God has for you? Now turn and smile at them as if, of course you could. (laughs) See, the truth is, God has designed us as autonomous beings. In other words, we're able to think, act, decide, use logic, make plans, accomplish things, and it's really good. We get employed on the basis of being able to do that, and our parents have encouraged and encouraged and encouraged us to be autonomous beings and to do stuff. But spiritually, would you mind, honey, bringing me that glass uh, water bottle? Cheers. Spiritually, Jesus says, don't live that way with me. Don't try to be an autonomous being. He says, submit your will, submit your dreams, submit your plans to me. And he says, I've got ones that will rock the socks off what you've got planned. They'll be bigger, they'll be better. (laughs) (laughs) He says, don't live that way. And he says, you really can do nothing that matters for eternity and gets credited into your account when it's just you getting yourself busy doing good, godly stuff. See, God's looking for, he's not looking for a boss. Jesus isn't out there thinking, I don't know what to do. Will someone please tell me what to do? Jesus isn't doing that. He's looking for followers. He's not looking for someone who'll say, Jesus... Later this afternoon, I'd like you to bless this. I'm meeting with this person. Please bless this. Bless it, Lord. 
No, he's looking for people who will follow him, who will hear what he says and begin to go out and do those things. And then they will see things beyond what they could have done by themselves happen. Do you know that we own a shop in Nancy Ave? How many know that? And it didn't happen. Ginny, Ginny is the one who instigated this through the trust. And it didn't happen because Ginny thought, God, I want to own a shop in Nancy Ave. It was because as she was driving to work for a quite a period of time, whenever she was going through that Maorihau area, God began to speak to her. I've got a base for you here. There's a base. There's a shop. You need a shop, a place to be able to have ministry going out from. And so Ginny eventually starts really seriously looking for this and, and, and finding it and came to that shop in Nancy Ave. But it costs $134,000. So she's not out there praying, God, God, will you bless this? She's following the voice of God. And do you know who paid for it? God. <laughs> Excellent! Top of the class. The Christchurch City Council gave the trust that. And so, as a church and trust, we have this amazing facility. And if you haven't seen it, go there. And it's only a few streets away from here. And have a look at the, the enterprise of local artists and local people who Ginny's brought together. And we've got some paid staff running that as well. But, but there's a need for just so many volunteers to connect and be part of it as well. And just whispering and sharing Jesus with the people that come into the shop as well. It's an amazing thing. But, you know, the glory doesn't go to Ginny, does it? Because she's following the voice of God. The glory goes to Jesus. Because he had a plan that was bigger than what she was thinking. And that's how things begin to multiply. Much fruit begins to come. Not because we're asking God to bless our ideas. But we're getting away with him and we're remaining with him. Or we're abiding with him. Or we're hanging out with him. And we're listening. And in the listening, God begins to speak. And then it's a matter of just beginning to do. So how do we find out what God wants us to do? Well, I've already been saying it. The Bible says it's really simple. Just start remaining with him. In the King James Version, it is the word abide with Jesus. In the Greek, it's the word meno. And it means to stay in a certain place or to stay in a certain state. I love that one. Stay in a certain state. In other words, when you start to connect with God, whether it's quietly sitting in your own bedroom or a chair that you have, whether it's in the church corporate worship here, when you start to have that sense of connection with him and the sap is starting to flow again, don't think, oh, I need a coffee. I've got so much that I just need to, no, stay, remain. It also means in the Greek, stay in that place of expectancy. Come expectant that God is going to speak to you, use you, flow in you and through you. When we're in that state, remain there. Hang out with him for a while. Enjoy and value his presence. And then listen to what he says. See, being with God is always about the Word, but it's also always about the Spirit. If we just have the Word, we become dry and legalistic, and it's hard work. 
But with the Spirit, we get life and freedom and empowerment and experience of God's touch upon our lives, even though it's always a faith thing. You know, we always find when we spend time in God's presence and communicate with the King of Kings, our life goes better. Have you discovered that? Give me a wave if you know that. When you take time for prayer in the morning, take time for connection, things just unroll. And we can invite Jesus to to help us. You know, he's interested in every aspect, not just the spiritual stuff. He's interested in in school. He's interested in your friend that's giving you a hard time at school. He's interested in every single aspect of our lives, the financial aspect I spoke about earlier. You know, Sandra and I were helping to build a deck uh, just a, a, a week ago or two weeks ago, and we'd, we'd been working on that deck for about four days, and jolly hard work. And I remember one of the mornings, almost in desperation, as we were praying over grace, I said, God, please help us with this deck situation today. Help us to get more done than normal. Well, we had the best day's work we've ever had. We just got into a routine of, of working the folks that were there together, and so much got accomplished. He's interested in that sort of situation. Ginny told me during the week that um, one of the non-Christian staff members, say non-Christian, okay, that's who we're talking about, one non-Christian staff member who who didn't come to prayer meetings now does, and as a non-Christian person, she even prays. And she said the reason she prays is she's experienced the results that take place when she's sitting in in the prayer meeting and she's experienced the growth of results that take place when she as a non-Christian prays. Stuff happens. The peace that comes over her life. The sense of fulfillment. We would call it the sense of God on her life. She's on a great journey towards a personal relationship with Jesus like you and me. Stuff happens when we get in God's presence, doesn't it? And Jesus lastly explains that spending time more connected with him and not just having a shopping list of materialistic things that we'd like in our lives, although he says pray for your needs, your genuine needs, but he says if you do that, you'll start praying for things that are connected to my heart. Might be a husband. Oh, it's so personal. But it just might be part of that, ask whatever you need. And God's beginning to raise something within you, husband or a wife. It might be ministry-related, and you're dreaming about something that's bigger than you could ever imagine being at the head of. But you might be. Because he's the boss. Not the elders, not me. He's the boss. As we listen to him, he'll say all sorts of things if we'll take the time. People have written books who, who never, well, they hardly even went to English class. Because he's the boss. And he can make them into the best journalist, best writer that they could ever have imagined. And they're going, I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. You know the guy that wrote the book, The Shack? I listened to Paul Young speak five or six years ago when he came to New Zealand. And he said he only ever wrote it as a story to his kids. They were so poor um, that he couldn't give Christmas presents. So he thought, I'll write a story for my kids. 
He said, my kids, when they got it and they read it, they go, this is Christmas? Thanks, Dad. But they started sharing it with us, but they, would, they gave him hugs, and you know, it was family stuff. They, it was good, but they had no money. And so he, he, um, he gave it to some of his friends, and he, he said, they said, you've got to get this published. This is an amazing story. You know, it's just incredible. I haven't got the time if you do, haven't read The Shack. Sorry, I'll just take it that most people have that are here. Um, but they took it to the Christian publishers and they said, no, it's too secular, we can't use it. And they took it to the secular publishers and they said, no, it's too Christian, we can't use it. No one would publish his book. So four or five of his friends got their visa cards out and they maxed their visa cards and they published the book for him. And those people are millionaires now because they started their own publishing company writing this book. People with this, without the skill under God can have everything they need because they listen to him. It's all about following what he says, not God. I've got a great idea for a book. Will you bless it? You listening? I'd like you to bless it around 3 p.m. God, are you there? Big difference to, God, I love your presence. What are you saying? Me? Come on, God. You've got to be kidding. All right? We'll see where it goes. Such a difference. You know, if we will get into the habit of abiding with him, two-way communication, and not just rushing off to do stuff. If you're like me, I'm much more of an activist than a listener. I can get up, get my feet on the ground at, at home, out of bed, and into the day. Busy, 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 busy. God, will you bless my busyness? God! But if we learn that that's what we are, and we'll develop a pattern of God, I just want to submit the day now. I want to submit the year. I want to submit my life. I want to submit my plans. God, I want to hang out with you and do the things that you want. We will find our life completely different. So friends, don't profess to be a follower of Jesus and live like an atheist. So I want to ask you now, will you join me and put this into operation in 2018? Each year we have several weeks, one week or this year we're going to have about 10 days where we actually bring the year before the Lord as a church um, and, and we, we begin to pray for God to move and for God to, to um, do what God wants to do and to speak to us about that. I'm asking you, would you be willing at the, this year to be part of praying like that for at least 10 days. I think if you're a real follower of Christ, you would want to be in that sort of group. You'll want to see the church effective. You'll want to see this church growing. You'll want to see it percolating with life, influencing our community, where people come to Christ, and and then there are lots of children within our church. Do you want to have lots of kids running around, causing all sorts of problems, putting holes in walls, writing on walls? Do you want to have that sort of church? I do. 
And I want to see a, a, a growing youth and young adults contingent here. I want to see marriages take place on into this year and the years beyond. And I want to see new babies getting born amongst us because that's what life in church is supposed to be about. Not let's hold hands, grow old together and sing Kumbaya. I don't want to be a part of a Kumbaya church. I want to be part of you. And I want to be part of God doing stuff. Are we agreed? Do you want to be part of that sort of church? Give me a wave if, if I'm connecting with you today. So how do we do it and what are we going to do? Well, I've got two ways that I'd like to put before you. We're going to run some corporate prayer meetings. And, and my hope is that you will want to come to some of these. Can we have some people? I've, Kelly's made an amazing flyer. And they're just going to be distributed now. And you can listen to me and look there. I know you can multitask because it's got all the information about the corporate and the individual things that we're talking about. But we've got some corporate prayer meetings starting after Waitangi Day. On Wednesday, the 7th of February, we're going to show the movie The War Room. Now, we showed it last year. We'll do it in the auditorium here at 7.30. And so the movie The War Room will be on. It's just a great motivation movie. It'll motivate you to want to be able to pray over the next 7 to 10 days. So on Wednesday, that's going to be happening. And then you might... Um, you might want to form your own prayer group. You don't have to do what we set up or what I've, I've set up. You might say, well, I've got some friends. I'm going to invite them to my place, and I'm going to ask them to pray that the church will be effective. And, and that, that would be a great thing. And then on Thursday the 8th at 7 p.m., we're going to be starting our first praying on, off-site with insight. Can you say that? Off-site with insight. Offsite with insight means that we have so much connection with the community. I've asked Kim Button if she would come on Thursday night, and Kim's going to tell us about um, some of the, she's not going to mention any names whatsoever, but she's going to tell us about some of the social issues and problems and dysfunction that many parents are struggling with and many children are struggling with in our community. And then we're going to go prayer walk around the neighborhood, and especially into some of the um, areas where there's a, more families that are in that struggling situation. And we'll be praying for them, off-site, with insight. And then on, on Sunday night, I've asked Dom if he will come. And again, we've got so much that connects. Rowana um, uh, hopefully will be there also, but she'll be talking about the, the kids and the parents of the, the, that she's working with in the after-school programs, and she'll be giving us information that we'll be able to pray about for those children. And Don is working with, um, with icons, with many of the parents, and, and he'll be sharing some of the real-life examples with no names whatsoever of what's going on so that we can pray with insight. And then on, that's, that's going to be on Sunday night of the 11th, this coming Sunday night. And then on the 18th, we're going to be praying for Zacchaeus's. What do you think we're after when we're praying for Zacchaeus's? No. <laughs> But a good thought. <laughs> We're going to pray for the people in the big houses. Because the people with the wealth also have all the needs of Jesus like everyone else. But the prayers that need to be prayed for the people that have got no need of Jesus are different prayers. And we're going to be praying into that sort of area as well. Now, there's 
People who've opened their homes up for morning prayer, and there's prayers in the, in the, um, in the afternoon and the evening as well, and you can see them all there. Please, will you, if some of those times you think you can make some of this, come and hang out together. I learned something really important years ago, is that some people are wired that if they try to pray by themselves, they fall asleep. Hello? And they pray better corporately. And the stuff that we just need to do corporately, let's come and pray. Some of those prayer meetings will only be half an hour long. All of them will only be up to an hour. And so there's no, there's no um, huge time frame involved in it as well. And then individually, as well as the corporate, what I'd like to ask is over the, the next couple of weeks, we would take use technology. All of us are carrying phones or watches that have alarms on them. And what I'd like to suggest is that we all set an alarm twice a day for a five-minute prayer slot. Could you handle that? If we were to set an alarm at midday for f- and, and just get ourselves maybe 12.30 so that you're already at lunch and you can just get yourself out in the quad or out into the sun somewhere because it's not going to rain for the next little while. <laughs> um, and would you pray for the church? Just pray that the church this year would be effective. You can pray for me if you like and pray that I would hear the voice of God, but, but praying for the church to be effective. And by that I mean the trust as well. Church and trust, we're just one entity. We are the people of St. Albans Baptist Church. And I've given on that, there's a little yellow part in that um, pamphlet there where, where I'm talking about um, some suggestions, but you can pray more than that, but if I can... Get my pages separated. Here's a suggestion for praying for the church to be effective. Pray for the children. Pray for families. We are in contact with so many children and families and community. We've got after-school programs running in two schools currently, Ginny. Two schools. Um, we, ha- we have holiday programs running. We've got Oscar programs. Sorry, that I was talking about that. We've got... Don's work, icons running on a Thursday night for, for guys and girls um, that's there, and we've got Sunday kids as well. Pray for the children. The children are the ones that statistically, we're told, are the most open to Jesus Christ. And you know, parents will follow their kids. Let's pray for the kids. And then can we pray for the next generation of leaders to arise? I'm looking at people in this sort of level here and especially those in their 20s going into 30s that the next generation of leaders will arise and that they'll be they'll be able to be just percolating up amongst us as a church and then will you pray for people to share for the people who share Jesus with the community you know Jesus said the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few you know that scripture so pray the lord of the harvest that he'll send out thrust out people into the into the um, into the community can we be praying that God will do that hey look if you don't think you could possibly do it pray God will get everyone but you I don't care how you pray it because <laughs> someone else will be praying the same thing for you <laughs> they'll get you anyway but just pray that this evangelism thing in real natural ways just begins to percolate up amongst us. And the fourth thing, if you're praying for the church to be effective, can you pray for the three focus things that I feel we're to do this year? 
In March, we're looking at the first one. We're, um, we're going to be looking at women in ministry. Have you noticed something is going on around the world about women? Just rising, isn't it? Why is there a difference in pay between two people doing the same role? One's a man, one's a woman, and the man's paid more. It's being asked right across the world, isn't it? All this Me Too stuff and the sexual um, harassment things that's rising up around the world. It's, it's, not, it's not just the devil putting all these things out. God's involved yep. in just raising the status of women and saying, come on, everybody. Well, what does the Bible teach about women in ministry? Is there a glass ceiling over women? Should a woman be up here doing what I'm doing? Is that allowed? We need to look at these scriptures and see what the Bible actually says and see it's called complementarianism, where women have a cap over them and they're only allowed to a certain level, or an egalitarian view of what the Bible teaches. But we don't want to do it just saying, I don't care what the Bible says, I believe women are equals. Let's have a look at what the Bible says and tease into what are difficult passages to understand. That's in, in um, March. So you can pray. We need a lot of prayer into that. I don't want it to be contentious. I don't want to tell you what to think. I just want to raise this as something that I think God is saying. Sort it through. I'm doing something in the world. I'm also doing something in the church. And then, do you know... We see more healings in this Baptist church than probably most, if not any other Baptist church in our country. What God is doing here is really special. And we need to see it as special and really value it. And we need to be praying that God will do more and that it will spread out more to other churches, to other Christians. Jesus died on the cross for our salvation and our healing. They're both within the cross. And, and the specialness is so fantastic. But, but we have to believe. And so I've invited a friend of mine back called John Ferguson. And John's going to be running a school of healing. He touched on it once when he was here. But he's got a whole program of what the Bible teaches about healing for us to be able to believe. Because it's, the more we can believe, the more we can see. And then the third thing, as I said, I've been really impacted by going to Parihaka. And I'll probably cry even today because I'm, I'm just getting, getting used to it. But I think that we need to, we, God, is, God is doing something in New Zealand that we need to be on track with him in. And um, I want us to be in the latter part of the year looking at biculturalism what is it, and multiculturalism. What does it mean to be, to be um, together in, in, as, as na- uh, races and with equality one to another? And do we have equality? And what, what does our history have to um, tell us of what has actually gone on? And, and it's, not, it's not a nice situation um, in terms of the historic nature of what... Um, has happened for the Maori people. And so we really need to pray because I'm going to offend most of you. But, but in a good way, in Jesus' name. <laughs> so those are just some of the things that you can be praying about for that. But then that's just five minutes, all right? Can I just t- say, though, the Bible doesn't say much about how to pray. Jesus said a little bit about how to pray, 
But most praying is learned by... That's right. And so you might think, oh, I couldn't do this, I don't know enough. But actually, if, if you'll just go with an open heart, and if those things help you to give you some things to start praying, you will find there'll be a whole lot more as the Holy Spirit just starts speaking to you and, and inspiring you to pray down certain, down certain ways. And I'm, I'm not after lots. God's not after lots and lots of prayer. He's not, he's not going to bless us as a church because we prove to him that we can do the stuff and we can spend the time. No, he invites us into a conversation with him. Yeah. We're already blessed. We're already favored. But we don't get the much more fruit without spending time and clicking into his wavelength and then beginning to pray that and follow through. So another little slot later in the afternoon or maybe in the evenings, another five minutes is when I'd really love you to set another alarm and just have your phone go off and then just think, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to do that, and to pray for yourself and to pray for God's, God's blessing and God's growth in your own life. And, and I really want to encourage you to ask God some questions. You might ask him, God, what's the next step for me this year? And then just, I'm going to do it by journaling. I'm going to do it by writing down what I think God says to me. And you might like to join me, and not in my book, but you get your own book. You need your own pen, your own book. <laughs> but just to write down those things. And I think if we will just take those couple of times... Um, of praying for the church to be effective and praying for our own lives and our own spiritual growth and what God wants to speak into our life, we will see this year unfold in a different way. Yeah. Are you with me? Yes. If you're with me, stand and take out your phone. <laughs> and music team, you can come. I want to encourage you, why don't you, even if it's not the time that will work for you, why don't you just put the first repeating date in of 12.30 for that first prayer time. Pop it in right now so that at least it'll buzz tomorrow at 12.30 for you, or set your watch and it'll buzz tomorrow, and then you can make any adjustments that you want to. Let me pray. Father, even while we're multitasking and trying to set an alarm on our phone that will keep going day after day, then, Lord, I just, I just pray you'll teach us to abide. And, Lord, you'll teach us about coming to you and listening rather than just talking to you or at you. Help us, Lord, to, to be in that state of connectedness. Help us, Lord, to hear your voice and give us the courage to do the things that you speak to us about. May we be like Ginny where we say, first of all, what are you saying? Really? You're talking about a shop? And then may we find that whatever you're speaking to us about, Lord, you begin to just keep showing us how to do it. We love you, God. And we really just are so blessed to be saved. And we want what you want for this year more than we want what we want. And we just say it in faith, Lord, before you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to change up how we were going to end the service. Um, I think we need to actually end on a different note. So I would like us to um, sing together again.
the new song that we were um, teaching you today. Um, it's a brand new day. And so I give you praise. Just that whole aspect that um, from today, Lord, we just want to set again. It's not that you haven't.